Listen to Romans chapter 4, beginning at verse 20. And let me thank all of you for being here. It is so incredible to see you back in the house once again. Verse 20 says this, this incredible passage. I love this passage in Romans chapter 4. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God. Here's where the subject is found, verse 21. He was fully convinced. King James says persuaded. But I like convinced. He was fully convinced. Listen to this. That God is able to do whatever. Somebody shout whatever he promises. And because of Abraham's faith, not his title, not his position, not his wealth, not his bloodline, but because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. For the next few moments, I want to speak to you from the subject that is simply entitled, Fully Convinced. Look at somebody as you take your seat and say, Fully Convinced. This is the 13th message in the series that we began at the beginning of this year. The series is simply entitled Faith Matters. We have preached and talked about faith since the beginning of this year. And now on this special day, which we as believers, we as members and friends of the Bible Way Church of Atlas Road and the family of friends and faith walkers that worship with us, we have set aside this day to reaffirm our faith as well as to rededicate our lives to the Lord and to his service. Now considering what we all have been through for the past two years, just to be able <laughs> in the face of fierce opposition to be able to stand here and declare that I still believe is a testament to the God you serve. Try that again. Just to be able to stand here and declare after all I've been through, I still believe in my God. Somebody ought to clap those hands. COVID came and thought that it would permanently damage the church. And the enemy thought that COVID <laughs> would impact your faith. But the devil did not really know how strong you really were. The enemy thought if I can take some of your family members and I can cause you to go through health challenges, then perhaps when you gather again, you will not have the appetite, the energy, or the desire to praise God like you used to. <laughs> but what the enemy did not know, that perhaps there are no better words for us to uplift and declare and decree today than these words fully convince. Is there anyone in here today that says, I am fully convinced? 
Listen, the word fully is defined as uh, and it means to the greatest degree or extent possible. The word convince means to have a strong belief or conviction. Once again, fully means to the greatest degree, to the greatest extent possible. Convince means to have a strong belief or conviction. Putting these words together, used for the context of today's message, simply means this, to have as strong as possible belief or conviction in who God is and his purpose for our life. It is what we described a few weeks ago as unshakable faith. <laughs> After all you've been through, you really know there is a God somewhere. You really know now that he is a healer. He is a heart fixer. He is a mind regulator. You should have lost your mind two years ago. Been stuck in the house as long as you were in the house. After all the things you went through, the enemy thought he had you. But look at you now. You are fully convinced that God is who he is. God has called you to be who you are today. Now listen, the truth is, it can be a real challenge. Can I keep this honest? It can be very difficult to consistently live our lives with this kind of faith. I'm not going to fool you and tell you that is easy. I'm not going to tell you that because you've been promoted and because God has called you to a higher level uh, that life would get easier. In fact, it is a daily challenge to wake up every morning and know that God has still called me to be who I am today. In fact, it is of the Lord's mercies that we've not been consumed. His compassion faileth not. It is renewed every morning. Somebody get on the devil's nerve and say, great is that faithfulness. Uh, listen, it, it, it can be a challenge to have the kind of faith in which we are fully convinced in what the Lord has promised as well as what he's called us to do. The truth is, listen to this, we all struggle. I read an article just a couple weeks ago that, that, that was so emotional. The article said more pastors and ministers are giving up the call now than ever before. Uh, I had pastor friends all over the country read the same article, called me, sent it to me. They said pastors are walking away from the pulpit, ministers are giving it up. Deacons and other leaders are saying, look, this is too much for me to handle. But through all of this, the good news is that we all have been challenged. But we know that God is still good. See, here's the key. You aren't unique because you're challenged. The most anointed men and women in the Bible went through the same thing. In fact, there is a story in the Old Testament about the prophet by the name of Jeremiah. And the Bible says Jeremiah was unique even from his other prophets, Daniel, Ezekiel, some of the Isaiah and some of the others, because from, from his mother's womb, he had the anointing on his life. But Jeremiah reached a point in his life in which he was this close to giving it all up. In fact, if you go back and read the 20th chapter of the book of Jeremiah, the Bible says, Jeremiah says, my soul is in derision. Yeah. 
He says, I can't handle this anymore. And he's talking to God. He says, even the little children are making fun of my anointing. He said, the adults you called me to help do not want to hear my voice. He said, I've been abused. I've been a laughing stock in the community. Jeremiah goes on to say, well, I, I, I have decided to hang up my anointing. I've decided that I can't do this anymore, Lord. I've preached my last sermon. I've given my last prophecy. I can't do it anymore. I'll sit here and keep my mouth shut. But what Jeremiah did not know was that the anointing always supersedes adversity. Any witnesses? Jeremiah sat down and said, I won't open my mouth. But he said, but, but, but your word was like a burning fire. Shut up in my bone. Don't fool me. Now, anybody ever had something shut up in your bone and folk without the anointing didn't know what you were going through? And although your body was racked with pain, Deacon Lumpkin, you felt something inside of you. Said, if I can't say a word, I'll just wave my hands. Anybody God ever lifted you up when you wanted to quit? Don't fool me. Give God your best praise. Come on, somebody. Come on. Somebody help me say, I can't quit now. Come on, somebody declare, I can't quit now. I've come too far. Woo! The old church puts it this way. Brother Bill Cedric, in the form of congregational lyrics, it says time is filled with swift transition. <laughs> None on earth remove, can stand, hold to God's unchanging hand. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, when you can't go any further, you gotta learn to hold on to God's unchanging hand. I know we gotta go, but is there one witness in here that said, Pastor Jackson, I almost slipped, but I held on to God's unchanging hand. Somebody get on the enemy's nerves and say, I'm still here. I'm still here. After all I've been through, I still have joy. I still have joy. I still have a praise. If y'all if y'all don't watch it, I'll give God a praise right now. Look at your neighbor and say, excuse me, for about 20 seconds. But when I think of his goodness and what he's done for me, when I... Come on! Come on! Come on! Ten more seconds! Open your mouth! Clap your hand! Give God your best praise! I made it! Listen, I don't care how you got here. The fact of the matter is you're here. Woo! Paul gave his testimony. He says, I was shipwrecked. The ship was torn apart, but everybody made it alive. Some swim, some floated. Some came over on broken pieces. Woo! <laughs> but I'm still here. Is there anybody that showed up this morning on broken pieces? Sick 
but here in pain but here and God is still good and since you are here you ought to give God your best Let me, let me get to the text quickly, because I feel something in here. Ooh. Can I be honest with you? Sister Gwen, two years ago, uh, nobody knew whether we'd ever be back like this again. In fact, two years ago, uh, in my prayer closet, the enemy said to me that it may be over. That it may not ever be back like this again. But two years later, I turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, we're here and we're still standing. Somebody ought to give God a praise. You are in the house. Listen. 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 Quickly, Romans chapter 4 is an incredible reference of Holy Scripture. Ooh, Paul in Romans chapter 4 speaks to both the Hebrew believers as well as Gentile believers. And he writes this prolific, profound, most intriguing epistle uh, to those that are in Rome. And he writes to them because they were in the capital of world affairs. However, they were also there because it was the seat of persecution. Many of them were persecuted uh, beyond imagination. Many of them had lost loved ones. They were being challenged every day to walk away from their faith. In fact, Paul was in this dialogue and he writes this book of Romans and at the risk of being over-theological, I just want to tell you it was one of five principles in the book of Romans in which he proves to Jewish believers that there is no conflict between the Old Testament law and the New Testament that Jesus had established. In fact, the Jews of old said the Old Testament was all based on justification, all based on you are rewarded because of what you perhaps have done. Paul said Jesus came to fulfill that and says the reward has never really been on justification. It has always been on faith. In order, can I preach this? To prove Paul's theological argument, he evokes the iconic patriarchal leader by the name of Abraham. He says we all know Abraham. He's the father of faith. In fact, he tells us in the fourth chapter and the first verse, he said, Abraham was, humanly speaking, the founder of our Jewish nation. What did he discover, Abraham did, about being made right with God? Paul says, I want you to know that God has never judged us by our deeds, but by our faith. He says that we are saved by faith not by deeds. Circumcision doesn't save you. Just for the record, baptism doesn't save you. Baptism is an expression of your faith after you believe. Listen, if you are baptized without a believer, you go down a dry demon and come up a wet demon. But nothing has changed. And Paul said it is not about the rituals of the church. It is not about church tradition, church protocol. It is all about your faith. Paul says, in order for me to help you, may I preach this? Help you understand this. I need to share with you someone we all respect. His name is Abraham. Then Paul says in verse 2 of chapter 4, If his good deeds made him acceptable to God, he would have something to boast about. But look at the last part, the New Living Translation, verse 2. But that was not God's way. Boasting has never been 
God's way. You don't have to tell folk how great your church is, how big your church is, how many members you got, how many buildings. We, that has never been God's way. Folk ask me, Elder Cursey, they say, how many members do you have? I say, zero. They say, I thought you pastored a church. I say, you ask me how many members do I have? I have none. Want none. I just want them to be God's servants. Amen. And so Paul said, Abraham, if he was to boast on his works, perhaps could boast as great of any of us. But he says in verse number three, for the scripture tells us, can I preach this? That Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. Look at what he goes on to say, verse four, indulge me for a moment. He says, when people work, their wages are not a gift, but something they've earned, amen? You go to work every day, every two weeks, you get your check. You don't have to run in the boss's office, say, I really appreciate your grace and mercy towards me by giving me this check. No, you just gave me what I earned. And he says, that's not God's way. Then verse five, but people are counted as righteous, not because of their work, but because of their faith in God who forgives sins. In other words, Paul wanted them to know that we are who we are not because of our titles, not because of the work you may do in the church. You aren't somebody because you wear a collar or a badge or you have some position. That's not who you are. You are who you are because you are a child of God. Let me tell you, before I became a pastor, I had to be a child of God. Amen. I'm a believer is the foundation of who I am. Amen. Who I am is not a pastor. That's what I do. Okay, but that's not who I am. People say, what should I call you? I say, my name is Daryl. My title is pastor. When you call me by my title, you're calling me by work. People who call me and I pick up the phone and say, hey, Daryl, what's up? This is a good call. <laughs> but when they say, hey, Senator Jackson, I need to talk. Oh, my God. Hey, Pastor Jackson, you got a moment? Oh, my God. But when they call me, hey, what's up, man? That means you're concerned about me and not my title. Can I say something? No disrespect to anyone who's been elevated here today, but you are more than your title. You are more than your position. Paul encourages them to walk by faith and not by how they may feel or what they may see. Because if you walk by your feelings, whoo, you would have given up March of 2020. <laughs> Who am I preaching to? If you went by how things looked, <laughs> you would have given up March of 2020 when the man with the orange hair was in the White House. Should I say any more? But God help you to endure all of that and you're still standing. Paul does this by sharing the great message of Abraham. And he says this uh, about Abraham in verse 20. Paul goes on to write that Abraham, listen to this, never wavered in believing God's promise. <laughs> Ah, see, it is so easy that when things are not going your way to waver, uh, to sidestep, to backtrack. But even if things do not go your way, you have to still be fully convinced that God is who he says he is. 
Look at what verse 20 says. It says, in fact, his faith grew stronger. Uh, most people get weaker when they're going through something. But when you walk with God, your faith gets stronger. Folk ask you, how did you come out of the pandemic? I came out stronger. Uh, the old church had another song says, tell me, you know that Deacon Abba Simmons, how did you feel when you came out of the wilderness? I felt like singing, felt like shouting, felt like praising God. Is there anybody right now that has a testimony that said, Pastor, the truth is, I am better than what I was two years ago. Come on. Woo! Stronger. Someone help me say stronger. Better. Greater. Woo! Look at it. Here we are. Here we are. Look at verse 21. I'm almost done. Paul then recorded these words. And if you don't remember anything else, I want you to remember verse 21, the New Living Translation. It says this, speaking of Abraham, he was not half-heartedly convinced. Not in one day and out tomorrow. Not on fire this Sunday then we don't see you for another five Sundays. <laughs> Can I preach? Not holding up the blood-stained banner one day, and the next day here you are wondering if you ought to even be saved or not. Not having faith in the God you serve one day. But when things do not go your way after the loss of a loved one, the loss of a job, health began to decline. <laughs> you don't have the testimony of Job. He said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Ah, the Bible says, Paul writes, and Abraham was fully ooh, convinced. Look at what he was convinced of, church, that God is able <laughs> to do whatever he promised. Let me try that again because the enemy has worked for the last two years to try to convince you that God is not who he says he is. But look at somebody and say the devil is a liar. Or is there anybody in here today that's fully convinced? Help me declare I am fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promised. He still is a heart fixer. He still is a healer. He still is a doctor in the sick room, a lawyer in the courtroom. Somebody say God is who he says he is. Anybody convinced? Anyone convinced? Anyone convinced? Stand to your feet all over this place. Clap those hands. Woo! Come on. Come on. Somebody. Somebody. Lift your hands and say, Lord, I am fully convinced that you will do whatever you have promised. Your family is all right. Your health is all right. Your finances are all right. Your mind is all right. Woo! Somebody put a praise on it. Somebody, somebody. Come on in. Woo! Fully. Listen, listen. I've got to 
go, but I need to leave you with something as you remain standing. Quickly. Ooh. <laughs> Fully convinced. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you go to work tomorrow and the demon meets you at the first door, at the front door, and the first door, just say, fully <laughs> convinced. Woo. When you get some bad news about your health, fully convinced. Let me let you in on something. Even if God doesn't heal you, there's always 2 Corinthians 5 and 1. If this earthly house of this tabernacle is dissolved, woo, we've got a building of God, a house not made by hand. Somebody ought to say, I win no matter which way God does it. If God heals me, I win. If God takes me home, I win. Woo! I feel so All the worshipers fully convinced. Listen, three key insights if we're gone. Come on, praise team. Number one is this. Take a picture, write it down. Abraham's faith never wavered. Don't let the enemy cause your faith to waver. I'm looking at some of you and I know it hasn't been easy. I know you've had some hard times. I know you've had some struggles. You can lump in it. Man, I love you so much and my heart goes out for you. But what I so admire about so many of you is that I know your story. And I know that your faith has never wavered. Deacon Clarence, you had some severe losses. Ooh. Some people would have lost their mind. But you kept coming to church. You kept praising God. Abraham's faith. Ooh. Thank you, Lord. Never wavered. In fact, it became even stronger. Second key insight from Abraham's testimony is this. Abraham was not half-heartedly. He wasn't halfway in, but he was fully convinced that God would do what he had promised. Anyone that's fully convinced that I serve a God that cannot lie, God would do just what he promised. And here's the third and the final insight. Abraham, this is so important for every patriarchal, matriarchal figure be it a father or mother, a grandmother, grandfather, uncle or aunt, or anybody that's praying for your family. Abraham, and look at this, and his descendants. <laughs> mother Jackson, this is for you. And his descendants. This is for every mother in the house, every grandmother in the house. Wave your hand if you're praying for somebody in your family. Woo! Abraham and his descendants were blessed because of his unfavoring, unwavering faith. Abraham trusts God. When he could not trace him, he trusted him. When he could not feel him, he trusted him. When he did not know how things would turn out, Abraham heard God said, as Richard Smallwood says in this altar song, he heard God says, I'll be with you. I'll never leave you. I'll fight your battle. <laughs> Someone in here today know that God is fighting your battle. 
know that in the midst of everything you're going through, God is right there by your side. Are you fully convinced? Not because of your position in the church, but because of your faith. To all of the young people, and I saw so many young people were ordained and ministers and in this congregation, young families, listen, don't ever apologize for your baby crying in church. I'd rather hear baby crying than old men snoring, okay? Okay. It, it shows a growing congregation by the fact you got your baby in church is a good thing. But, I, but let me speak to these young families. Speak to you. You can Kennedy. You can Jason. Let, let me speak. Brother Fred and to others in here, let me speak to you all. It's a challenge. It will never be easy. Ooh. But I need you to leave here today saying, I am fully convinced that God would do just what he promised. Amen. Do you trust him? Clap those hands somebody and say, Lord, I trust you. Listen, the altar is now open. The altar is now open. Richard Smallwood writes, I will be with you. God speaks and says, if you will only trust me. Leave your seats if you will and walk down the aisle. God says, I'll never leave you if you will only trust me. Trust me. God says, trust me. And this is the part I like. I'll fight your battle. Listen, the last message in this series that I will preach Elder Bill will be 8 o'clock on the first Sunday. And I've been working on this message for a month. It simply says, the faith to stand still. The faith to do nothing and let God fight your battle. How many of you have the faith to say, Lord, here I am. I don't have to fight this fight. Woo. God says, I'll fight. I'll fight your battle if you would only trust me. And then Richard Smallwood writes, he says, God says, I am that I am. I have all power. I will deliver if you only trust me. Here is my question for you today. Do you trust him? Can you say today, Lord, I am fully convinced that you would do just what you said? God said, trust me. Listen. Lift those hands in worship. I don't care what you're going through. God says, I'll be with you. <laughs> uh, uh, is there anybody in here today believe that? God says, I, I, Trust me. God said, trust me. I'll never leave you. God is speaking to someone right now and said, I'll never leave you. God says, 
trust me. Don't put your trust in friends or anyone else, but trust me. I'll fight. Someone here today believe that God will fight your battle. I'll fight. Listen what God is saying. I'll fight. Uh, anyone receive that today? If you trust me. God said, trust me. Um, this is the part that I really like. I am. I, woo, God said, I am. Fight your battles. Take it right there. I'll fight your battles. God is speaking into someone's life right now. I'll fight. But in order for God to fight your battles, you've got to trust Him. If you would only. Listen, God says, I am. Uh, God said, if you trust me, you've got to know who I am. Ah, ah. Everybody lift those hands and... Verse 21, he was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. Close those eyes. Here's the key. Listen, I said this this morning at 8. All of these verses are predicated on the fact or on the belief that you have a relationship with God. See, if you don't have a relationship with God, they mean nothing. Abraham did not waver in his faith because of his relationship with God. A relationship with God is more than just coming to church. A relationship with God is more than just paying your tithe and your offerings. A relationship with God is walking upright, walking godly with God every day. It is not perfection, but it is sincerity. Lord, I just want to be who you've called me to be. Some of you have some incredible anointings on your life. 
ministers and elders, I'm so proud of you all. Some of you have been through so much. But God says, I'm not through with you yet, TJ. God says, I'm not through with you yet. Others that are in here. The best is still yet to come. But you've got to be fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promised. Close those eyes for a moment. Lift those hands in submission to God. Here we go. Here we are. You need to surrender to God. You need to say, Lord, I can't do it on my own. The habits that you're struggling with, you have to turn them over to God. And you have to be fully convinced that God would do whatever he promised. See, God promised Abraham that he would be a father of a great nation. And at 100 years old, listen, Abraham was childless. His wife was 90 years old and they had no children. But in the midst of all of that, God says, I know what I've called you to be. Can I say something to everyone under the sound of my voice? Every promise that has been delayed has not been denied or rejected. I want to say something to you. Someone said this to me as a young man, as a young man in my life, and I'll never forget it. They say, embrace the delay because God's delaying it on purpose. He's trying to get you to a certain point that he wants you to be to. And God knows if he gives you every blessing you desire, when you desire it, you may not be in a position to appreciate the significance of what God has just done. Woo, thank you, Lord. I've got to go. I apologize. But God told me to say this. God says, sometimes I push the pause button. Not because I need more time. God says he doesn't need more time. God pushes the pause button so that we can get ourselves in a position that we can hear what God has to say. Here's an example. You have DVR on your television, on your streaming outlets. Something you really want to hear is on television. Something is going on that distracts you in the kitchen or at the front door. But because you don't want to miss what the next words are going to be, you pause, not because the characters on TV aren't ready to go forward. It's because you're not in a position to hear it yet. Thank you, Lord. And God says, sometimes I put you on pause so that you can get rid of the distractions that are at your front door and your back door so that when you hear me, you won't be distracted. Close those eyes, Lord, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, for the delay. I'm still fully convinced, even when I'm in a pause mode, I am fully convinced, even when I'm waiting on you to show up, that you would do just what you promised. Thank you in advance for what you will do and what you have promised. Help us to strengthen our relationship with you so that our walk with you will never be about us, but will always be about you. And then finally, help us to embrace 
the delay. Help us to embrace the pause so that you can place us in a position that we can really hear what you have to say to us. This is our prayer. In your name we pray and give thanks. And all of the believers and all of the faith walkers said amen, amen, amen. Come on, the elders and the ministers are at the back. If you want them to pray with you, stay with us for a moment. If you want to give your life to the Lord, if you want to join the church, if you want special prayer, someone is in the back to pray with you. Trust me. That's right. Do me a favor, be seated for a moment just as musicians quietly play. I want to thank you so much for your faithfulness this day. The service is longer than our normal service because of the wonderful things that we've done here today. Again, can we celebrate God for all that God has done? I want to take a moment to just thank you so much for embracing the vision. Normally during a consecration, we would have a special consecration offering and we would ask you to give a certain amount. God says, don't do that this time. Here's what God has asked me to ask you to do. And this is truly a faith vision offering. (laughs) Because of your faithfulness, we have embarked upon several projects that God has called us to do from partnering with those who are building workforce housing down the street till next month sometime we will break ground on the senior citizen development to a youth and children's zone to doing all the different things that God has asked us to do and God says I need you to do it in a unique way that will not be taxing to the congregation ask everybody to participate with just a weekly amount of $7 and you've done that. And because you've done that, every penny of everything you've raised, we've saved it for the vision. We would never spend it on payroll, light bill, any of that, all of it, 100%. Doesn't go to love orphans, it doesn't go to anything else. It goes strictly all to the vision. And here's what God asked me to ask you to do on this special day. We have normally asked you for $7. And God said, I want you to give a little more than what you normally give, whatever that more is. I'm not telling you what, but whatever it is, God says, if you're in a position, if you're not, do not ever feel bad for what you cannot afford to give. But God says, if you are, then I want you to give a little bit more. My wife and I took that challenge and I doubled what I normally give every Sunday. And that's between me and God and my wife. And it has always been more than $7. And God says, give more and all of it will go to the vision. I'll show you the pictures that are on the screen. Perhaps they'll stroll through it and let you see what, what we're doing. That's the land that's been cleared right now down the street. As we speak, that's going on right now because God is good. Right there, 300 units, that's the youth and children's zone that we are finalizing the architecture drawing. We've, we have now contracted with contacted contractors that are giving us bids to do that right now. There's a senior community across the street, Havens at Congaree Point. In that, for the seniors only, seniors only, beauty shop, barber shop, gymnasium, theater, exercise room, walk and track with a little pond in the backyard. Amen. 
because of God. And here's what God says. You remember that scripture I read to you? God says, don't boast when God does it. And here's the reason we did not put out a press release. We don't want the media to come upon us, pat us on the back, because this is God's doing. And quite honestly, I don't care if nobody outside knows that Bible way is doing this. I care that God knows. And I want to say thank you to all of you. So right now, I want to take a moment before the communion to ask you to stand to your feet again. To those of you that are giving electronically, amen. You can give electronically. But I'm going to do something a little different. I saw the women do this on, on last Sunday. And to our women's ministry, thank you for an incredible month. Amen. Can we celebrate the women in an incredible, incredible month of ministry? If you're in a position right now, and whatever it is, if you got it in an envelope, if you just got it, and to those of you that are here, those of you online, go online to give, those of you that are here, and you want to just bring it and place it on the altar. This is consecration week. And God says, whatever you bring, I'll sanctify it. And I'll bless it. When you bless God, God will bless you. Come on right now, wherever you are, think about it for a moment. Put it in an envelope if you got it and you want to bring it as, as a praise and worship team. Bless us. I just want you to bring whatever it is right now. And no amount is too small. And I, I don't know what God has challenged you to do. I know what he challenged my wife and I to do. Go online and give it and just... This, we don't do this every Sunday. We don't do this, but this is a special consecration. If you, whatever it is, amen, let God bless you right now. Praise team blesses us. Pastor Mac comes and leads us into Holy Communion service. Thank you. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord as our deacons gather the offering. We're going to ask if Minister Said and our praise team will give us the communion selection to those of you that are here in our worship center. And then we're going into our holy communion. We're going to ask if they will turn the lights up for us as we prepare for our holy communion. Amen. And to those of you that are at home, if you want to get your sacraments ready to do a virtual communion with us, we ask that you do that also. Minister said will give us a communion selection along with our praise team.
for our Holy Communion, we're going to ask if you would please stand. To those of you that are viewing us virtually, if you can stand in honor of our Holy Communion, amen. What a beautiful sight to see so many people here in the worship center partaking in Holy Communion on this first Sunday. The scripture says, and on the same night in which he was betrayed, he said, take eat. This is my body, which has been broken. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which has been shed. For as much as you do this, you do it unto me. Let us commune. Amen. Thank you so much for participating in Holy Communion with us. To all of our ordination candidates, to those that are appointed as licensed ministers we have certificates next door in our main sanctuary for you if you would go pick up your certificate next door in our main sanctuary once again congratulations to all of those that received the ordination appointments let's give god one more praise amen for all of them with uplifted hands father in the name of jesus we thank you god for we are fully convinced like Abraham, God. We thank you for the fact that faith still matters. God, we thank you for the word of God. Now, God, we ask that you dismiss us from this place, never from your presence. Let us find peace as we return to our destinations. In your name we pray, and all of God's children said amen. Amen. God bless you. See you on next Sunday. We'd like to thank each and every one of you for tuning in. If you desire prayer, please call 1-888-776-1238. There are many safe, secure, and easy ways to give to Bible Way Church of Atlas Road. Online giving is available to both members and guests through my connections at bwcar.org. You can choose to give through your bank, checking, debit, or savings account. You can give via our mobile giving app by texting BWCAR along with your giving amount to 73256. You can mail your check to P.O. Box 90309, Columbia, South Carolina, 29290. Please do not mail cash. Financial donations will also be accepted at the church on Tuesdays from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. If you feel as if this service is a blessing to you or if you are moved by the message in any way, please be sure to share it with your family and friends. 
Be sure to join us at 6 a.m. every morning for 31 days of prayer. For additional announcements and for more information, be sure to visit our website. That's bwcar.org.